I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. One, two, clink. Happy SantaCon! I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the whole concept of SantaCon and you wouldn't, I guess unless you lived in New York, but um, the second weekend of December, people people basically, like college students just like dress up like Santa. So outside of your window, you'd see parades of Santas going bar hopping. Uh, and there are a bunch of bars in New York dedicated to SantaCon. So like you go and they have cool deals and they up their cover charges and like they own their feature, they're really expensive specials. And um, it's just basically a lot of frat guys who like yeah. to dress up in Santa onesies. I for one hate SantaCon. It's like the type of man that I tend to avoid. Which are, you know, the very loud uh, boys who work at Merrill Lynch or whatever financial thing. What are those called? Financial companies. Whatever. That live in Kips Bay, all dressed in onesies, get obliterated and clog the street. And I have avoided it every year I lived in New York besides this year. However, we did get dressed up, but we didn't end up going out. We just went to Chipotle. So <laughs> in very serious any fashion. Yeah. But, 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 but something really cool also happened this week. On Thursday, we had our live show. It went so well. Um, we're really excited to like do it again in the future. Um, hopefully, bigger and better. 
but we loved meeting some of you guys and it was great Sarah's about to shit her brains out. Yeah, yeah. So this might be TMI and I might end up taking this out, but I'm having major stomach issues right now. So if there are any like weird glitches in this episode or weird pauses or like, I mean, because obviously I edit it. So I take out all the big pauses where I run to the bathroom. But you know, if there's any like, um, like, like, uh, what's it called? Like moments where the audio seems to jump a little bit. That's my fault. My, my stomach is literally killing me right now. Um, but Thursday was really awesome. It was literally better than we could have ever asked for. What a, an amazing turnout. Um, we did a mini episode. We were going to record it live, but the background was really noisy. So it would like, nobody would have heard it. And we um, also, we bought a, we brought a flash drive to put the recording on and we ran out of storage. So that's us being idiots. So yeah, we don't have the episode, but it's okay because we're still doing three episodes a week for the rest of the year. So you'll be hearing a lot of us. So yeah, sorry, this episode's kind of late because we had the live show Thursday. That was technically supposed to be an episode, but it's not. So don't worry, you're still getting your episodes for the week. Yeah, because I know you're sweating your balls yeah, off. Yeah, I know you're dying wondering where we are. <laughs> but yeah, a little more about the concert. Um, our interns were there and it was great seeing them and like having that kind of support system because they took like all of these cool videos and photos that we're going to post on our Instagram account and TikTok eventually so that's really cool um it was really cool like it was a very awesome representation of the quality of friendships that Sydney and I have because we like all the people we asked to come to the show came to the show like you know what I mean and they all bought tickets to come even though you know they probably didn't necessarily want to spend $50 to get tickets to come and they did and it was just really really cool to see like all of the people we knew in the front row and I know that might seem like it might make it even more nerve-wracking to perform in front of people you know it, was it great. made it so calm yeah it made it like more comfortable and like it yeah. felt more like a conversation than like a we're on stage and you guys are in front of us and we're trying to entertain you type thing. Yeah. And we just have the best friends ever. We want to thank you guys so much for your support, whether you couldn't make it and it was over Instagram or whether you were there in person. Like, you guys are just the best. We met so many of you and it was literally the yeah. best night of our lives. It life. was super cute. Yeah. So another thing that we really wanted to talk about is the reboot of Sex in the City. Fuck yeah. It's an HBO Max series called um, And Just Like That. But it has all of the same cast members in it. Like, it's not kind of like a... Like a what Gossip Girl did is they just kind of continued on in the same reality in which Gossip Girl was set in, like the original. But they eliminated all the characters, basically. Or, like, the characters got older and stuff. And now it's just, like, the like new characters. It's a whole new cast, basically. Um, but Sex and the City, they still had... If you don't... If you're not familiar, they still have, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker, um, Kristen Davis... Cynthia Nixon and all of them and it was so overall like let's give our overall ratings and then talk about like why okay. we gave our overall ratings do you want to go first or me um I give it a eight no I give it a 7.75 okay and all of the points that are deducted are for one reason but now you go you, you say yours first I give mine an 8 out of 10. As a disclaimer, we're not going to be discussing any spoilers in this episode. We are going to be talking about the show and like instances in the show, but nothing is like, like if you have not seen it yet and you're planning on seeing it, you're okay. But like if you have seen it, you will totally yeah, follow You'll along. know what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like in general, I'm not really a fan of reboots. They usually don't go very well just because if a show was successful, like a sitcom show, where whether it's like Beverly Hills 90210, One Tree Hill, um, Gossip Girl. Those shows are successful because they fit the context of that time. And I think that 
obviously these shows were all written in like the 90s and the early 2000s but keeping on those same writers obviously it's there to like keep the continuity of the show the same voice the same overarching principles but they're not as entrenched in social media culture or like youth culture like they were when they were first writing the show you know yeah like whoever wrote sex in the city is now 40 years older than they were or 30 years older than they were when they wrote the original show so like their connection to today and like what we talk about and how we experience things is not the same same thing with gossip girl the difference is gossip girl didn't keep on the same writer i don't think but i think the reason why i don't like the gossip girl reboot is that it tries too hard to be something that it's not like we liked gossip girl for a reason i didn't think they were socially conscious people i think they were respectful i think they were inclusive whatsoever obviously on the front of them being diverse that wasn't true at all there are rich black people in new york there are rich people of like all ethnicities in new york and they don't have to play any stereotypes like they did with um Yelly Uni, is that her name? Nelly, Nelly. Nelly Yuki. Yeah. Cut out of yeah, Nelly yeah. <laughs> Yuki and stuff like characters like that. Or like making, one more time because I was laughing. Yeah. Like Nelly Yuki and like the one black side chick they had, like the fall blared around, like they never even had a name for. Like they could have been more inclusive on that front. But I think now, I think, okay. So you guys heard my thing about the No Man last episode. <laughs> but I feel like these shows need to have someone that is young and someone that understands like social media and just like youth culture right now like different saying stuff like that and i propose a black teenager or like a black youth just because all of the trends that we have on social media come from black people like that's not even like a hot take it's like tiktok all those dances they got addison ray and charlie whatever her name is all those people famous are like young black kids who are just having fun on the app and get no recognition whatsoever and like all of our colloquialisms like fire and brick and sus and all of these different sayings those all come from yeah sis period all things that we have like introduced into our natural way of speaking comes from black like black culture so i feel like having someone that understands that as like on your writing team or advisory team for a show you avoid being cringy woke which i think the gossip girl and sex and city reboot are but you there's a way to be inclusive there's a way to address issues without being cringy yeah. And it makes me literally want to, uh, when I see, like, them attempt to do it. And like, Goss- I mean, Gossip Girl did it to a point where, like, they made most of their characters people of color, which I also like for representation reasons. But then they missed the mark with everything else. Yeah. Like, talking about, oh, I'm going to post on the tweet tweet. Like, no one talks like that. Yeah, the so, IG. Yeah, the IG. And, like, oh, my followers love me. Like, no one talks like that. And if you do, people will literally be cringed by you also. So I guess it makes sense. I, I have yet to meet a single person in New York City that's ever referred to Instagram as the IG. Yeah. I, that's a direct quote from the social media guru of the um, whole series. I forget yeah. her name. Oh, like, but, like, my followers are going to love this. They don't care. Yeah. Like, she has, like, 13 million, which I guess is, like, a big deal. But... Yeah, I don't know. It's giving a little bit cringe. Speaking about Gossip Girl first, I think that the whole appeal was that we didn't know who Gossip Girl was. And it was very much like a tie between two worlds of New York, like with Dan bringing from Brooklyn and then from Upper East Side. But like, we don't have that anymore in the new show. Like, we know who Gossip Girl is coming right off the bat. And it's these annoying teachers with the worst voices I've ever heard in my life. That one teacher, I can't listen to her talk. Like, it really makes me have my head hurt. So, like, we know who Gossip Girl is, and it's a bunch of old teachers, which is creepy. And I think it just ruins the allure of wanting to watch the show whatsoever. Yeah, I think what obviously drew us all to the original Gossip Girl was we were watching 
a burning building. You know what I mean? Like, we don't want to watch the burning building be, like, slightly less sizzly. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like watch. we were watching a reality TV show where these characters, except for Dan, I guess, and even then, everybody was so out of touch with reality. And it wasn't even about, like, Dan was obviously, I guess, quote-unquote, woker than the rest of them. But it was about, like, the storyline was about him integrating into this world where he lives in this rich bubble. That is literally what the show was about. And it is so entertaining to watch as someone who's like not in that world whatsoever. Like I did not grow up in Manhattan. I did not go to Constance Billard High School with like this elitist social hierarchy. Like I want to see that on TV. Like it's because it's just I'd never experienced it before. Like I don't have all this money to just throw around. Like that's what I want to watch. But I don't. And I mean. I'm definitely not saying that none of their characters can be woke because there always has to be like that Dan Humphrey figure I feel like to keep it interesting and also some of the characters can be woke but when it crosses that line I mean obviously but when it crosses that line until like being super um what's it like but it's not yeah it's like gimmicky that's that's the word I used earlier this morning when I was talking to Cindy about this I was like it just feels like this big performance that's being put on this television so they don't get bad reviews but then they get even worse reviews because everybody can see right through their shit like i like that they have a character where it's like a rich kid confronting his idea of like wanting to be an activist i love that storyline but the problem is how they executed it like, i completely they agree. didn't have to be like there has to be that character but it's the execution yeah they didn't have to be like oh oh no i forgot about my protest today i, I gotta run i gotta go protest that's so it's awkward. every episode. Like, it wasn't yeah. just once. It was. It's literally twice And I like that that's part of his character. I think they need to do it in a more implicit way, where it's like, he doesn't talk about how he's an activist every time he opens his mouth, but he's like, maybe we see him working on the side, or like, how Dan's working on his writing on the side. Like, maybe we see him, like, community building on the side, or whatever. But they seem to make it more implicit. And I think that they try so hard to make it known that they have to say everything. And like, as every writing teacher in the world will tell you, show, not tell. So instead of saying, I'm an activist, I'm a great person, but it's hard because I'm rich. Show us that, you know, like we want to see that struggle. We don't want to just hear about it and regurgitating it to some random character who's no one knows the name of. So I feel like that's where it really goes wrong for me is that like they aren't executing it in a way that like I want to enjoy seeing this develop in the character's mind. I don't want to just be told, oh, I should think this about this person. Because in like communications, we're always taught like it's about the medium like 90% of the time it's about the medium not the message so what I want in the message is I want this like out of touch almost like Real Housewives of New York kind of scenario that's like in front of me um, but the, I want the medium to kind of be like this whole modern take on Gossip Girl that's the whole point of a reboot but I'm saying um, and I think Cindy and I are saying that like the medium of that also has to be that contemporary like actually contemporary not a 40 year old behind the screen writing out what he thinks a 14 year old would say it has to actually like be more modern yeah, they're literally you know? 14 yeah. i feel like they should have hired literally consultants about kids yeah. who like actually live their lives this way and that's what the original writer did that wrote the original gossip girl she like f- um shadowed like four girls from constance billard or yeah. like those school that actually is like near it off of and followed them and like actually wrote like things they would do and, like, obviously, the things that they talk about in the re- the reboot, like Black Lives Matter, all that stuff, should be addressed in the show because it's happening in their reality. I just think that they need to show it in a different way. Like, you can have characters that are involved in the movement without it being, like, I'm going to go protest today because I feel bad. Oh, no, you're you're an activist. Oh, no. Like, it just is so cringe to me the way they executed it. Also, a lot of them are not as good of actors as the people who... In, 
in the original Lost Girl were, I think. Like, they just yeah. played the characters so much better. And I think Cindy and I were also talking about this. I guess Cindy said this, so I'm kind of like stealing your idea. Oh, my God. Is that plagiarism? <laughs> Copyright infringement. Uh, she was saying that, like, in reboots, like, another main reason that she doesn't like reboots is that, or really any modern show, to be honest, it, like, one one major problem with a lot of modern shows is that they take from, like, they uh casting directors dip their toes into the whole influencer are you popular on social media do you already have a following because that'll help us you know with um viewer traction and stuff like that so they're kind of taking from that world and they're not really they're caring more about that than they are genuine acting talent and experience it's why addison ray just got a deal despite every single review of all whatever that movie is called she's all that that, whatever. whatever Yeah, I think it had a single positive review, but it got traction, and that's all yeah. they care about. So they hired her for more movies. But I think if we prioritized people who are talented, that would be a lot easier on the eyes and the brain. That's why I like so. That's why I like Sex and the City though. Is like we know these girls are these women are good actresses. And rewatching the reboot, we see how authentic they believe in the storyline. Like that's why I like the reboot of Sex and the City so much more. Obviously, there's faults with it, and it's the same faults I have with Gossip Girl. We're like. They're making Miranda into this woke character. And, like, I appreciate that because she is a lawyer, a corporate lawyer. So, like, seeing her go through the whole, like, I want to be public interest now. Like, that's interesting for me to watch. It's so inspiring to be a lawyer. It's also more modern. Like, it's in in reality, people are more aware of these problems yeah. now. And, yeah. That's, yeah. And, like, they're bringing in characters of color in, like, a natural way. But I think that they're just making Miranda's, like, battle with it too much. Yeah. It's too much. Like... She says cringe stuff every single episode. And, like, I get that that's the point. It's that, like, she doesn't know how to navigate this because she's not used to it. I understand that whole idea. But they're doing it it too much. Yeah, it could have been, like, a one-episode thing where, like, we see that she had a problem with it and she's trying to learn. But they just keep drilling in. It's so awkward. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. 
Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Yeah, I think I like the Sex in the City series better just because um, of what we were talking about earlier, like the casting. Because I think like a big part of how gimmicky Gossip Girl was was due to the actor's inability to kind of reach that level. (laughs) Yeah. In other words. (laughs) Um, I'm not trying to, like, bash them. I just think that, like, in my personal opinion, (laughs) in my personal opinion, uh, that compared to, like, uh, Sex and the City, for example, I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker is such an iconic actress. She's not an iconic social media figure. Like, that's not why they casted her in the first place. They casted her in a time where social media barely existed. So I think, um, I I definitely like the Sex and the City reboot way more than I like the Gossip Girl reboot. Like, Sydney and I couldn't even get through the second episode. It was so awful to us, uh, to be honest. Our, a lot, we know a lot of people who really, really love and enjoy the Gossip Girl reboot, and that's great. Um, I guess it's just not for us but the Sex and the City one we actually really enjoyed I think our only criticism is just that it's it was a lot and it was almost kind of giving secondhand embarrassment not only on Miranda's end but on how much they like drilled it into the show but now I think about it though like that's a reality for most like middle-aged white people yeah for like, sure never in their life have they ever had to be politically correct like and and this is obviously like a generalization but for many of them, they've gotten, especially men, they have gotten away with saying such inappropriate things about race, about gender, about like just microaggressions. And for the first time in their lives, 50, 55 years old, they're having to realize, oh crap, what I'm saying is actually offensive and I can't get away with it anymore. It's like, there are grown people who are still like, oh, can I touch your hair? Or your, your hair is so, like, it's like some seventh world discovery. Like, I just don't, I think it's hard for us to understand because, like, we grew up in a time when, like, people are starting to be held accountable for things, but they didn't have that, you know? Like, they grew up their whole life saying whatever they wanted to say and not having any repercussions for it, but now they're at an age where they have to kind of, like, backtrack and relearn how to be respectful human beings. So I get that it's, I think that's, they're doing that intentionally almost. Like, the more I thought about it last night, the more I was thinking, like, maybe that it was intentional, you know? Like... It is embarrassing, but like for them, that's what they're, that's how their brain is thinking of things. But it's different for Gossip Girl because y'all grew up in it and y'all are still cringe. So that's <laughs> I think that um, I enjoyed that they inserted that scenario once or twice, maybe. I feel like they did beat it a little bit to death, though. You know what I mean? I think they included it just a little too much um, because you're very right. It is like a huge reality. I mean, like, even in conversations that we have with our parents, for example, like, you know, in, in discussions, you know, you hear some, like, little things that don't quite sound right and you have to correct. Like, it's the first time that, like, our quote-unquote elders are being, like, corrected by a generation who, like, grew up in these surroundings. So I think you're totally right. I think my only issue, though, with it is that I, I just think they overdid it a little bit. But like I said before, the Sex and the City reboot, 
I think it's a masterpiece. I mean, the one thing really, really broke my heart. But other than that, it was a great show. But think about this. I think they include it so much because it's not something that you learn overnight, you know? Yeah. Like, it's something that you're going to have to navigate through a lot of conversations. It's, like, something that you're going to have to do whenever you have an interaction that's personal like that. So, like, while I do think that, like, it's a little bit overkill, I think it's an accurate representation of, like, you don't just become politically correct overnight, you know? It's, like, a constant relearning of things. So I think that, like, it's nice in the sense that they did include it a lot because it kind of shows that, like, it is a learning pro. It's a process, you know? It doesn't change overnight. And, like, I think that embarrassment's good because we're seeing it from, like, an outside perspective. And people who are watching this show are 50. They grew up with this. And they're going through the same thing. So they're seeing how cringe they look. So I think it's good in that sense. Because, like, watching it obviously was awkward. I think looking back, it was accurate, you know? Like, there are still people who are like, oh, my God. Like, for example, with pronouns. Like, professors at NYU, like, or professors everywhere, I guess. And, like, work bosses at different whatever. Um, like, having to ask people what their pronouns are, they don't understand it. Like, I have some teachers who, like, not purposely misgender, but, like, they just don't understand that, like, it's offensive when you don't. So it's always like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And, like, obviously that's awkward and it makes everyone uncomfortable. But it shows, that like, it is, like, a learning thing. You have to, like, go through a process of understanding, you know? Yeah, and I didn't even think about, because I'm saying all of this, like, I think they overused it and I still think they overused it just as, like, a tad. However, you bring up a really good point because I started watching Sex and the City after it already ended you know what I mean like I didn't grow up with the show I didn't like watch it weekly so I think those people like my mom for example like she literally grew up with like Carrie Bradshaw as the same age as her or or, like a little bit older than her so I think like for those people I think scenes like that can be really beneficial because they're going through the same things themselves so I think you bring up an excellent point on that front because like obviously there's we can view it through like okay we're watching this show as 20 year olds watching 50 year olds exactly yeah yeah yeah. and like we can have critiques (laughs) that way because like if if i'm looking at it through that lens i obviously agree that they're overkilling it but if i'm thinking about it in like a broader context of like what society is going through right now and like how this might resonate with people that are like the same age as those characters then from that point of view i see it as like a good move yeah it's all very subjective for sure so i think that's a really great point i didn't even think about that until you brought it up oh you know me the movie critic you know me (laughs) the brains and the butt (laughs) (laughs) overall it was a really excellent show i think like the plot line i mean obviously we're not going to get into any spoilers like we said but the plot line was fantastic i think um i did i did spoil it yesterday for a lot of people i was on the elevator and I was talking to someone about the big, like, spoiler at the end of episode one. Yeah. <laughs> and the elevator was full of people, but, like, I didn't think they'd watch Sex in the City. And they were like, hey, spoiler alert, I was going to watch it tonight. And I was like, okay, well, that's not my fault. <laughs> but the new episode that's does come funny. out tonight, so we'll be watching that. Mm-hmm. We didn't even discuss that, but I'm making Sarah watch it with me. So. Speaking of spoiler, oh, yeah, for sure I'll watch it with you tonight. Um, we can make, like, a cute little dinner. I think... Oh, should we, um, we need to pick up chicken because I want to make chicken and potatoes and broccoli. I need stuff for my breakfast tomorrow, so I will absolutely come with you. Let's do that. Yay. Oh, grocery runs with Sydney. Okay, Ooh, just like a, a segment. quick <laughs> side note. Um, grocery runs with Sydney is probably like my favorite thing to do. I don't um, know why, but like going grocery shopping with Sydney is so fun. <laughs> I'm actually know. a really good cook, and yeah. the fact that I'm not wiped up right now is like kind of offensive. Literally disgusting. I really wish my boyfriend could cook. I love Eric, but he cannot cook cook for shit like i taught him how to chop a pepper and it's really disappointing <laughs> yo if sarah's teaching you how to cook that <laughs> that should be concerning 
Um, I'm a great chopper. That aren't I great with a knife? Yeah, good. But <laughs> I'm great with a knife. Oh yeah. But sometimes I watch Sarah make things, and <laughs> like I'm not. Though. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything. Like when she's doing it, I just like to watch because it's so entertaining. <laughs> Um, Especially in our old apartment, like I thought I was the shit cooking all the time. Oh, and you call yourself the chef of the apartment on the podcast once, and everyone was like, <laughs> yeah, "We got like DMs about that." Yeah, but, like, you sure about that? No, seriously, I'm not. But Sydney and I, we just, Sydney didn't cook a lot uh, last semester, did you? Or last? Year? I did HelloFresh. So I, did, I did cook a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, but never mind. But anyway, I think that I was cooking definitely a lot more last year, so I was like, I'm a chef. But in reality, I literally don't know how to season correctly. I don't know how to, like, not even, like, season, like, oh, is it a lot of seasoning? Is it, like, no seasoning? Like, I just don't know how to, like, season. Like, I don't know how. I don't know, like, proportion-wise. I don't know, like, what seasonings to use. Like, I don't know what seasonings go best with what, like, poultry, with what, like, veggies. Like, I don't know. And then also, um, I don't burn things. Like, I don't think I necessarily have a problem with, like, the stove. But... I do get very anxious in the kitchen. Like, I'm running around doing everything, and, like, if I have something on the stove, something in the oven, and, like, I'm chopping something on the side, like, I don't know how to multitask. But that's just in my general life, not just yeah. in cooking. Oh, I'm multitasking the hell out of things. Yeah. I'm working on a paper, watching TV, and cooking, like, six things at the same time. But I think also just, like, I did grow up in a house where, like, my mom's a really, really good cook. Yeah. So, like, the good thing is is that, like, I, I, don't, I don't follow recipes. I hate recipes. So I just do what I want, and usually it turns out pretty good because I got it like that. But, yeah, I think if you throw some seasoning on anything, it should be good. <laughs> like, well, I remember one time I saw Sarah making some vegetables, and I told her to season it. This girl, remember when she didn't put any olive oil? She, like, she, was, she was roasting asparagus, I think. And it's like a lemon sauce on top. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I was about to say, I don't like asparagus. Why would I buy asparagus? But it was yeah. a PR package. It was a PR package. And I was like, okay, Sarah, put some like oil on the pan <laughs> and like season it and just throw it in the oven. This girl, I was like, why does it sound like something's like crispy burning? This girl put no oil on the thing. She threw the asparagus on there with like a pinch would be liberal. She put a one grain of salt on there. And I was like, Miss Girl, Miss Girl, take that out right now. I want to see you coat that thing with some seasoning. Mm-mm. Yeah, not, not definitely not a good cook. So we're working on it. We're working on it. We are. I'm getting wet. But Cindy and I have this cool thing right now going where um, she cooks for me. And her. And then I do the dishes. Yeah, I, I agree with this arrangement. And me too. I really enjoy it. Because I think you enjoy, obviously, you enjoy cooking more than doing the dishes. Yeah. And at this point, I enjoy doing the dishes more than cooking, so it's yeah. perfect. But back to, like, TV and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't know how we got on that. Topic. I don't know. We always do this. We always do this. <laughs> back to, I, I was going to say something about Gossip Girl in particular. Oh, 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 yeah. I, speaking of, like, spoiling stuff, I made a TikTok about the fact, and this is actually a spoiler alert about Gossip Girl, the original series. So if you, like, if you, like, want to watch the show, if you haven't watched it yet for some weird, obscure reason, because you're out of touch with the best TV show ever, uh, skip ahead, like, three minutes or four minutes. Um, but uh, Chuck and Blair like got married obviously like in the last episode like that was like part of the season finale Dan's Gossip Girl whatever but like in a TikTok I said that Chuck and Blair got married and Gossip Girl ended hella years ago and I said to TikTok oh you know like Chuck and Blair got married whatever and the hate I got for not putting like a spoiler alert in that was monstrous and I was like Okay, like, I get it. Maybe I should have put a spoiler alert. But you can't be mad at me. Like, this show ended so long ago. Like, if you haven't like watched it yet, that is not my problem. I feel like it's not your fault that they're behind the times. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, okay, side note on spoiling things. Sarah went to go see Diana in the musical. And she came back and goes, I don't know Diana died. 
Girl, have you been even? I told her even rocks know that. So I don't know where you've been living. How did you not know Diana died? I'm really not a big fan of like British royalty. Not like I'm but not that's a not fan even of British it. royalty. That's like the biggest media spectacle that's ever occurred in the history of the United States was Diana's death. And you a media major, girl? In one of my classes, we had a whole unit on Diana. In my fame class, literally an entire unit. You crazy for that? But um, I didn't know. I did not know. In uh, middle school or my elementary, no middle school, seventh and eighth grade. Gossip Girls was coming like a thing at our school. Like everyone was, because it just come on Netflix and it was like this huge thing and everyone was being annoying about it and watching on their iPads and launching all this stuff. So my um, headmaster, he was literally the worst. He got. You just snarled. Like you, I wish you could have seen Cindy's face. Like her nostrils just flared. He was literally the worst. He reminds me of a prison warden. But <laughs> he got on the microphone at lunch and goes, Gossip Girls, Dan. And just like left. And when I tell you, some girls were literally crying. I was like, do you just hate children being happy? Like, that was so unnecessary. And because of that, I never finished Gossip Girl ever until recently. I watched the entire last season in a day or like two days because I wanted to. And yeah, but I mean, like, come on, girls. We could have seen that coming. But also, like, they could have just let us see it. Like, dang. That's so upsetting. Oh, my God. Okay, spoiler alert over. But back to the reboot, like the Gossip Girl reboot. I forget if we were talking about this yet or not, but like the Gossip Girl reboot, I hated way more than the Sex and the City reboot because there are just so many things like wrong with it plot wise. Really can't stand the teachers. Yes, that one teacher's voice makes me literally. Angry. She literally talks like a muppet. Like this. She literally, it's like, why Gossip Girl? Why do I have to go follow these teens? Also, it's really creepy that like they're following a bunch of like 14 year olds and have to take pictures of them having sex. Yeah. Post them on the website because they want their kid. Okay. Also, the logic. I want to know who sat there and was like, okay, if the teachers bullied the children, also that's really child pornography, but bullied the children, maybe they'll be more respectful to them in class. A, B, and C. Like, that does not match up. The math is not mathing. That makes literally no sense. So I think that, like, they should have at least either A, made it, like, Serena and Blair and Chuck, all them's kids are at Constance Billard or something. That would have been so cool. And, like, cool. if you want to make it a little more ethnic, like, make them marry ethnic people. Duh. Or introduce new characters. Duh. But also, I think they should have made it, like, a resurgence, but we don't know who it is still. Like, it doesn't need to be, it should be a student. It shouldn't be a teacher. They should make, like, like a plot just to have it be, like, the main girl. They should, does this make herself, like, popular? Or, like, does it to, like, boost her own following because she's got social media? Like, whatever. Ugh, that was so good. They need to bring me a check for that. <laughs> like, that would be a good show. It's like you have an influencer who's so obsessed with her own image that she creates her own, like, virtual enemy just to bolster her own fame. When I tell you I need to be hired, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, I came up with a better idea for Gossip Girl in 15 seconds than they did write this entire reboot. Yeah, and aside from the, like, whole spectacle of watching from, like, um, a non-filthy rich perspective watching people live their lives like throwing their money around galas going out to all these fancy dinners like that's really really appealing so I feel like not only is the gossip girl lacking that the new one but also um uh I you know what one thing that I do really like though just as a little interjection so we're not all negative about the gossip girl reboot is I really like the idea of the social club like the Soho house kind of ish like club that they're all a part of and that they all go to to like hook up or something and like snort coke off each other's buttholes like i like that idea a lot i think they could have gone somewhere really cool with that um and i think they did actually i re- i really like that that's like probably my favorite part because they the way they like designed the rooms 
in that social club property was really cool like the whole curtain matches and everything was so modern like clean lines it, it was really and like all the drama happens there like they're thinking about like doing a threesome or something i don't know but it was really cool from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip i thought in that moment oh my god we've summoned something from this board this is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare at&t connects an ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower lather up with the news sports talk comedians or movie reviews connect with that three-hour philosophy show change the drive into work in traffic so slow connect the dishes to voices that glow thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's different, though, is that, like, back in the early 2000s, like, there is very distinctly, like, high fashion and low fashion. So, like, it was easier for them to be like, oh, I'm wearing $14,000 Manolos that were custom made and, like, a... I don't know, Givenchy dress, like, whatever. But now there's so much blurred lines between what's considered high fashion and low fashion. Like, people spend, like, 500 bucks on some sweatpants. So I feel like in the terms of, like, being modern, it makes sense that they're not all wearing, like, a Givenchy shirt with a Dolce & Gabbana dress with the whatever. Because they are wearing those things that are, like, that collar, but they're just sweatpants. Because that's what, like, fashion is now. Like... Think about Off-White, think about Louis Vuitton, think about Gucci. Half of their stuff now is luxury loungewear. It's luxury streetwear. So, like, they are doing it in that sense, but, like, they are making it modern in a way, I guess. But I do get you mean that, like, we want to see the drama. We want to see, oh, my gosh, she took my limo. Oh, my gosh, she took my Dumbo house uh, card to go, whatever. Yeah, and you can still throw your money around, like, irresponsibly without, like, 
fashion you know what i mean like yeah. honestly when i said that i wasn't even thinking about like their clothing or anything like yeah. that i know i see a lot of tiktoks talking about like they don't even dress well and i'm like well girl look how you're dressing it's because they're following trends that are now like popular that's very true i didn't there are uh, so many tiktoks criticizing their fashion i actually think their fashion's really nice and you know what i also liked just to throw another positive thing in there i really liked the fashion week show that they did like that was so cool. That was like big budget, awesome shit. Like yeah. that, this uh, Soho House Club thing. Like those are really, really cool. But I just wanted to see more of like, um, like I, I guess I just really wanted to see more of like the irresponsible throwing money around. Like literally, just like, like yeah, like exactly what you just said, Sydney. Like, oh my god, he stole my limo. Like I want to see more. I don't want to see like a sibling drama. Like I mean, I do. That could totally. That's like a good plot line, I guess. But I want to see like more like I want to see sibling drama and give me more you know like I just want more from the whole tv show they're also doing like too much back and forth within the first two episodes like she liked her she didn't like her she bullied her she didn't bully her like (laughs) like you need like a class you need like a classic mean girl that you can pin everything on and they don't have that I guess they have to like back up minion things yeah but also I think that what people don't understand is the reason that why our generation likes sex in the city and gossip girl the original so much is because it's nostalgia yeah. One, it's all just for a time we didn't even live through. Like, we were literally in diapers when Gossip Girl was happening. We were in the womb. We were in... We were still star we were, in the sky. <laughs> yeah, we were literally a dream in the 90s. So it's nostalgic for it's nostalgic for an era we didn't live through, which is why we like it so much. But I think that, like, living through what's happening in the show, like, I hate when shows talk about COVID. Like, I get that, like, they're living through reality, and I respect that. I like that they're living through reality and I respect that. But like part of me wanting to watch TV shows or wanting to watch movies, I want to escape from that reality. You know, yeah. like I don't want to see people do be depressed about COVID. Well, I'm depressed about COVID. Yeah. Like if I want to do that, I just watch my own life on video camera. But I think that's why like nowadays we see so many people watching old shows like Friends and Seinfeld and Sex City and Gossip Girl the original and One Tree Hill and like all of these shows that were like so big in the past is because we want to escape what's happening now and like relive a time that like was different mm-hmm. so I think that's why we have this weird nostalgia for those kind of shows and while we don't like like I'm sure that in 20 or 30 years people are going to want to watch Gossip Girl reboot and think it's so cool because they're talking about what happened now but like we're living through that so we don't want to see that yeah I want to talk about the inclusion of COVID and um on Sex and the City. The one thing I did like is that, in the reboot that is, the one thing is that they, um, I like how they established that the reboot was living in a world in which the pandemic occurred in like the first 30 seconds. Like I did like that, but I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to in word Sex this. Sex and the City? Yeah, in the reboot. Yeah, I like that they addressed it. Mm-hmm. And I think Samantha. It's, I think it's, yeah, they addressed Samantha right off the bat and I really, really respect that. Because yeah. it, because then everyone's going to be like, because I hate when they they pretend like the character doesn't exist. Like, yeah. you know, she exists. And they did it in a way where, like, Kim Cattrall could always come back if she wanted to. And, like, this is my, I told Sarah this. This is my whole, my whole spiel on that. Do not let some raggedag girl, some girl who did you wrong, keep you from getting your bag. Like, this girl could have poisoned my coffee, changed my nail polish color, whatever she did. But I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show up to that set. I'm not saying a word to nobody. I'm going to get my little coffee, my little donut, do my little sceny scene. Act like we are the best friends in the world. And I'm going to leave. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my money. Like, why would you let some little pricey little girls, you are 50. 
Yeah. Get over it. Girl, go get your bag. Everyone, that is the favorite character. People, obviously, don't even like Carrie. People like Kim Cattrall. And they like Samantha. And I think that Samantha was part of the show, it would have been a whole different, like, take on things. But I was like, Miss Girl, do not let these little girls keep you from getting your money. Like, that in my head, I can't comprehend that. But they made it so that if she ever wanted to, she could come back. And I'm telling you, give me 10 minutes with Kim Cattrall, and I'll get her on that show. Because I got, I got the skills to convince her. But <laughs> Great persuasion skills. Yes. Or they should create a spinoff just with Samantha. And like, it should be like, Samantha and Pettis. And it's like what she does in Paris. Because I want to <laughs> see that. I would love that. Um, and also, in an interview, years ago, when they were debating making a third Sex in the City movie, because they were going to make a third one following the one in, was it in Abu Dhabi or? Oh, it was, it was in Abu Dhabi. I just remember, I was like trying to do some dialogue recollection so yeah they were debating making a third movie after the second one in Abu Dhabi but Kim Cattrall said no and that's why the movie fell through like ultimately somebody asked her about it in an interview she hinted towards highly indicated that she had like beef with um Sarah Jessica Parker she said it outright she's saying that outright (laughs) highly indicated when Kim Cattrall's brothers died Sarah Jessica Parker made an Instagram post about it. And Ken Cattrall said, keep my name out your mouth. Keep my family's name out your mouth. I don't want your sympathy. I don't want your condolences. Get Literally get my name out of your mouth. She posted it as an Instagram post. And I was like, per as you should. Okay, Kim Cattrall. But she said it wasn't just, she said her beef was with Sarah Jessica Parker, like largely, but that the other girls contributed to it also. Like she just did not feel like welcome or like a part of the family. They would like, exclude her and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, Miss Girl, you push in 70, you push in 65. Let, let's let's get over that and let's get your bag i will yeah. help you hire me as your as your no man whenever i see one i'm gonna say nope don't come over here i got you <laughs> yeah she said that it was like very clicky like the three girls would like never include her in, any, in anything they'd like hang out and not invite her just like stuff like that and like they talk shit about her and like i think she even said that like sarah tried to get her fired or something like that something weird but the main reason she said is because sex in the city was like a good time in her life but that she wanted to move on with her movie career girl what career sex in the city was your life she's like a, a hallmark movie but honestly none of them had a movie career after uh after sex the city yeah uh, that's that's my thing that's why i'm like where are you Jessica Parker. she played like a witch on some movie that nobody likes yeah that was it i'm pretty sure that was before too yeah and i'm but. not saying she doesn't have like i'm not saying Kim Cattrall is not successful. What I am, I'm just being selfish. Like, I really, really wanted to see her. And the, God, I wanted so also, bad. Most people who Ugh. star on sitcoms that are like long-term sitcoms do not get hired after. Yeah. Because people associate them too much with their character. That it's hard for them to see them in other movies or other TV shows. Exactly. And uh, that's what Kim said. She said that she, like, Sex and the City was a great time in her life. But it was in the past and she just really wanted to move on. So that could have been because of her drama, for sure. But I just know, like, in an interview, she was like, oh, you know, it's not really so much about the drama as it is about, like, that was just a time in my life that I want to move on. But also, it's like, I think they've always done Sex and the City tangential stuff right. Like, I loved The Carrie Diaries. And I'm so mad they didn't, they canceled the show. Because every girl I knew in middle school or high school that watched The Carrie Diaries loved it. I thought they did it so well. They did Sam's character well. They did Carrie's character well. And, like, having it be in the 80s was cool. And, like, having Mouse and, like, all her friends. And, like, I don't know. I loved The Carrie Diary. I couldn't get past the first episode. Really? Mm-hmm. I love. I also love Anna Sophia Robb. 
But oh, love her. I've seen the Carrie's the Carrie Diary series like six times. Really? Literally only like two seasons. But I think it was so good. Should In I watch that, it? Should I give it another try? Do you think? Yeah, I'll try it. It's, good. it's like a nice like. Cause I well, I actually like throwback stuff. Like I like stuff that's set not now. Cause now everything's annoying. <laughs> like yeah. if I swear, if I see one more movie about an influencer who's in high school and goes viral uh and it's post covid i'm going to, to throw my tv <laughs> no one wants to see that no. absolutely no one. we already see it every time we open our phones why would i want to watch that on a tv show like yeah. i just don't understand there's nothing there's nothing entertaining about it there's nothing nuanced about it every single time they do that storyline it's the exact same thing so i i don't know i really wanted to talk about peloton on this episode as well but we they literally had um we can say it without spoiling yeah it. we totally can so there's a scene that like included Peloton and after they talked about Peloton on the show, their stocks plummeted, plummeted, plummeted to the point where like there were literal like news, like Good Morning America did a segment on it and the guy was like, I want to say what happened. And the girl was like, please don't, I haven't watched it yet. And he was like, I mean, okay. <laughs> but yeah. That's funny. I didn't know that. Peloton slander is Yeah. I don't know. I don't know necessarily about Peloton sales, but I just read this article and I read this article that their stocks dropped scarily low after the Girl, episodes. All, all I hear from that, go get your Peloton right now. Go get you a Peloton while, while the prices are dropping and go do your thing. I call that being in your bag. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of the phrase being in your bag. I don't really understand because some people say like, okay, like go get your bag, like go get your money. Some people are like, I'm really in my bag, like I'm really in my money right now, like I'm successful right now. But also, you can say like, I'm really in my bag, I'm like in the bag right now, which means like you're really upset, like you're like down on yourself. Yeah. Can we go with the new word? Like, we've got to reuse phrases. <laughs> That's what we do. We we're, humans are so unoriginal. We just keep like recycling everything and everything and everything that's what i if you listen to one of our last episodes we talked about how disney does that like as a franchise and not even just like now that all they exhausted all their quote-unquote original content but even their original content wasn't even original like that was all like grime storybooks like snow white you say grime beauty what is it grime the grim breath i say grime who's I mean, grimes oh that's a girl in the ai need to know that dated, <laughs> that dated know. that man <laughs> i don't i did not know grimes is a real person until i saw her on the, the met red carpet i thought she was one of them ai people that you drew and put on instagram i was like damn she was kind of realistic but oh yeah, that's she's too real. funny <laughs> but no i'm being so dead serious but also um Sarah and I were walking from Starbucks yesterday morning, and there was this like ad, you know, the, the like the paper ads they like um, glue onto like the side of construction, like the bills, the bills they do. Um, and there was these like two advertisements, and it was like paying full price technology is kind of sus. It, it made me cringe so hard. And she I was wouldn't like, stop talking about it for twenty minutes. Yeah, straight. I wouldn't because like I know some forty year old woman named Susan in the boardroom <laughs> was like, "My kiss of the sus is the new thing," and like they didn't need to do that. Also, that that sentence literally makes no sense. So I just like want people to realize that like you need to have when I say diversity on your board. Diversity does not just mean like you need to have people with different races. You need to have people who are young, young and old on your thing so they everyone has different expertise like you can think that you're hip and in the know because you're 45 and you're on twitter that does not mean you're in the know like you need someone who is young you need someone who is knowledgeable someone who is of different races some different sexual orientations so that you really get a robust view of what you're trying to do all of these tv shows are trying to be like politically correct and like more representative etc but like which is great which is but- great 
But if the person writing that, a 45-year-old white man sitting in a room by himself, <laughs> I don't think he's going to do that representation very accurately. Yeah. You need to have people who actually are these um, demographics to have a say in like, how they're being represented because you really missing the mark. You really missing the mark. I mean, it just makes no sense because just like in a movie about 9-11, you would probably bring in like ex-Navy SEALs or like, like you know people like police officers or something like that to make sure it was an accurate representation of people who were there like etc it's not the same thing but just like you would do something like that to make like a situation be as accurate as possible when you are producing a politically charged and like or even like a tv show that produces political content whatsoever you got to bring in somebody and you have it's like one person just bring in one 20 year old and that's all you have to do like i you know dog mcstuffins i Love Doc McStuffins. That's I think it is the cutest show on this earth. But the the wider is a white Irish woman, which I was kind of like, girl, where'd you get an idea? Mm, I'll make a little black doctor, baby. <laughs> I mean, like, kudos to her. Like, she really changed the, the demographic. Or, like, she really put Disney on the map with that one. But what she did was she had a, write, a team of 12 women who helped her write all of her shows. And they're, like, 99%, I think, people of color. And they're 90% women. And she was like, when I say diverse, I mean diverse. Because I want to have, like, multiple points of views on my shows. But then it's like, the Obamas have a production company also now. Where, like, they're purposely making, like, kids shows that are, like, based around, like, diversity and STEM and things like that. So that, like, there is representation early on. Like, they're having um, Auto Twist coming out. I'm literally 21 and I'm excited for it. So, <laughs> thank you to people who actually have their brains on. You know what Disney movie I'm really excited for? Encanto. Yeah. Yeah, They're I can't selling... wait to watch that. I think it's out already. I think it is too. Yeah, so I think I think so. Now that I think because I was on Disney Plus the other day and I like saw it. Uh, don't judge me. I'm literally on Disney Plus. Sarah's a Disney adult. Day. I'm gonna tell everyone I can for as long as I can. Stop it. It is the only thing about Sarah that scares me. <laughs> That's not true. Musical theater eyes. Oh yeah, and the way Sarah chews her gum, bro. Yeah. I can hear from my room when Sarah puts a piece of gum in her mouth. She be chewing the dang the dang flavor. She'd be breaking the molecules with her teeth. I'm like, girl, I know that gum is not that good. It will be out. And Sarah be like, does anyone have gum? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're new here, Sydney has uh, an ish with, like, yeah. chewing in any capacity. It's called, like, mutophobia or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even like a, oh, like, the noise kind of annoys me. It's not an annoyance. It's, like, a chemical, like, I, you know, people get, like, freaked out by like crunching of styrofoam or like hearing nails, nails on a chalkboard, chalkboard. Yeah. that's how i feel about hearing people chew <laughs> like it literally like it, it she's like a pain up my spine and it's only certain foods it's like gum when people slurp their chicken taylor winter <laughs> no, how, do you, how do you slurp chicken she will get a chicken wing pull the pieces apart and then dip them in ranch and suck on them. It's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. And she does this since I was literally five years old. And there's obviously gum. I don't even know why gum exists. But chicle. But I think it's disgusting. Uh, definitely salad. So I can hear the water sloshing around in the mouth. And I don't know what Sarah was eating last week. I don't know if it was hummus or a cookie. I think it was a cookie. Sarah was lapping it like a cat drinking milk. How do you lap a cookie? I really don't know. But I was literally asleep on the couch and I could hear her like lapping a cookie. I looked over at her and I was like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm eating my cookie. I was like, okay. 
the fact oh i was laughing like i was laughing so hard at that moment my stomach hurt because it really woke me up i woke cindy i said when she's asleep i'm asleep nothing can wake this girl up like i could literally be washing the dishes like something could drop and like break on the floor and she could still be asleep a truck could ramble by 80 sirens could go by she could still be asleep I licked a cookie and she woke up. I felt felt like there was a cat in my ear. That's how loud it was. And like, I wasn't even concerned about her chewing. I was just confused. How do you make that sound eating a cookie? And I looked over her. She was going in on that cookie too. But I was like, how are you eating it? Like literally like a cat drinking milk. It was the weirdest thing I have ever experienced. And it was probably really loud because I had headphones in, so I couldn't even hear myself. So when you told me I was loud, like, I still don't know what you're talking about. But that's so No, literally funny. look up a video of a cat <laughs> drinking milk. That is what it sounded like. I just don't know how that sounds physically possible with a freaking cookie. That's so gross. Ew, I can't believe it. So oh, no. Also in the way Sarah sneezes. Oh, Bro. Sarah has a deep agenda <laughs> where she refuses refuses to cover her nose when she sneezes and it's like and it's not just me that sees it because sarah's boyfriend commented on this also sarah will sneeze onto her computer onto her food and do her coffee and be like hmm. i'm like girl what did you just do and we were recording an episode once and she sneezed literally onto her computer screen and me and her boyfriend were like did you just sneeze like that and you're like yep i was like okay but yeah, I, that's those are my two biggest things. Yeah. Okay, three biggest things ever. Three biggest pet peeves ever. When people chew like it's their last, it's their last bite of food in their life. Like, why are you going hard, that hard into your gum? It's gonna be there. It's there's another piece there, girl. Sarah, we literally snapped that gum like it's the last piece of flavor she ever will have in her life. Like literally, she's never had food before. She be going in on that gum. Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm gonna record it next time. I do that to both my friend Kiki and my sister Taylor. I record them chewing food, and I'm like, girl. It's going to be there in the next bite. Calm you should, down. You should record when I chew gum next. Y'all are that ravaging that. And we can play it on the episode. That'd be funny. Really ravaging. Number two is when people sneeze into the air. <laughs> and then three, I said this before on this podcast, but if someone, especially that someone's name is Cindy Winter, takes the time out of their day to say bless you and you can't say thank you, you do not, you, I don't even know what you deserve. You deserve jail. Because if you're, when you sneeze, your heart stops for a second. That that could be that you could go out from sneezing. And I just took the time to bring the Lord's blessing upon you. And you can't even say thank you. There was this one boy in my geometry class in eighth grade who, he would sneeze like 50 times a day. Probably where COVID started. And I would, and he was cute. So I would always be like, oh my God, bless you. He would not say anything. One day, I lost it i was like do you have a problem he was like what i was like you sneeze all up in the air every (laughs) single day with no tissue no nothing and i take time to say bless you and you can't say thank you you are ungrateful (laughs) you were undeserving and you are nasty she actually did say this yeah she told me this and um he said thank you every day on from then on out I'm doing the world a favor. And on that really disgusting sneezy note, I am definitely trying to get better with my sneezing. It's a habit that I'm trying so hard to break. I've done it ever since I was a little girl. It's the only child syndrome. I know. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. If you had your sibling sneeze on you, you'll understand. (laughs) I'm trying so hard to get out of control. And I swear to God, I do not like spread my germs on people I don't know. It's just Sydney. Okay. Uh, But I love you guys so much. Um, I love you. I I really love you so much. 
We love you so much, you guys. Uh, we hope you're having a great week. If it's your finals weekend, if you're in college or if it's final exam week and you're in high school, pull through. We are in the same boat as you. We got you. If you're older and if you're out of college and your work is getting really hard right now, if your boss hates you, we feel that too and we love you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, iHeart, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on social media where we do some little insider tips and like little moments in our lives that don't have anything to do with the podcast uh you can follow us on tiktok and instagram and youtube at crying in public podcast the same name so thank you so much again and have a great day bye, bye. i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now right rug flooring if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.